to our daily gun show we come to you live every weeknight at midnight eastern and we talk about guns for about an hour and i've got some links out there but nobody's joining me tonight so it looks like it'll be a quick show uh we're going to talk about folding guns gun swag and how to display it and store it <clears throat> so it looks like this is one of the shows that got mixed up uh, from a previous uh, missed show so i guess this might have been a friday show Hard to know. But uh, let's talk about Martinsville Guns, Indiana Gun Shop. Should we talk about that one? Sure. So that was a gun shop from the tour last year. <clears throat> and uh, drove out to see the uh, castle in New York. And on the way back, had some issues with the van, so I stopped by Pink's in Ohio. And since that got me north again, I was able to come through Indianapolis, meet up with one of the people guys that first did gun websites with me back in the 90s and first started playing around on the internet and then he moved up to indiana and got to meet up with him and his family and i went south from there to a gun show in i forget the name of that town but down in the bottom southern part of indiana there was a gun show down there and i'm driving down the road and i saw a big well big billboard on a small highway so pretty easy to see and it was this place called Martinville Guns. And I went in there and checked it out. And it's a small shop, kind of an L shape, but uh, maybe even 500 square feet. Not a really big shop, but uh, kind of cool place. And took some pictures and chatted with the guys for a bit. They had some fun stuff there, uh, some just neat stuff made out of wood, gun related stuff, you know, stuff you might put in a man cave or in a hunting cabin or something. And then, uh, you know, quite a few guns <clears throat> and uh, th thanked them for uh, having the sign out on the highway. I think that's cool. Think about all the people that go by a highway. They see a gun shop sign out there. That's awesome. So uh, one of the reasons we do the daily gun show is so that we can talk about a gun shop every day. So we definitely wanted to talk about that. Uh, let's see. Folding guns. It would be easier if there was more people here, but there ain't. So we'll check out the uh, gun channel side and yep, got a bunch of people watching. Nobody's jumping in. Guess I can send a link to Cycle Camp. He's out there. I don't know if he owns any folding guns. Uh, folding guns though. I'm a big fan of guns that fold, I guess. Yeah, they um, have anything that folds, I guess. But I would, but I could have Ford uh, M7, a real one. I think that's what those armor lights are called that fold in half. They're pretty cool. They're SBRs. And uh, I guess I have a, uh, or had a uh, PS2000, sub 2000, whatever that Celtic is that folds in half. I had one of those for a while. And uh, pretty cool gun. Sold it for bills. Uh, let's see. Well, that's folding guns for you. I think that new body, or like that new thing that folds up to like a credit card, the life card. That seems pretty cool. So after that, we'll talk about gun swag. It's pretty good stuff. 
company. There's Cycle Camp jumping in from Connecticut. And I'm assuming you're in Connecticut. And I don't know if his audio is working or not. Yeah, it's working. All right. So you're jumping in from Connecticut. We were just talking about folding guns. Anything to throw into that? Fold into Yeah, those? you're you're correct. I don't I don't while I have a lot of break top guns, I don't have any guns that actually fold uh, regularly. The uh, closest thing I have is like an AR seven, you know, where you take it all apart and store it in its uh its, its little you know, the the uh, stock. But uh, I was always interested in getting one, but, you know, but, but before I got to the point where I could buy one, uh, they banned them all. So, you know, because most of them end up being, you know, center fire, uh, detachable magazine, one evil feature kind of guns. Oh, okay. So uh, I, I think, I think you couldn't ask for a better thing for a bug out bag though. Yeah, I mean they're not the best guns ever, but I like that little sub two thousand. It's uh, you know, it's something. Yeah, uh, I mean that's definitely what I would buy one for. I would buy one and put it in the bug in bag in the car and the bug out bag in the house. But if they mix that with that Glock that the trigger guard folds and the pistol grip folds up, I think that would be a good mix right there because then you'd have a carbine that folds all up because that's the problem with the sub is that it folds into a big rectangle which is nice with a big thing sticking out the side where the pistol grip is and uh that makes it so you really can't put a mag in it you have to put your mag someplace else or throw it on there so it's not perfect but um yeah i mean it's definitely a good backpack gun i guess i was just thinking though compared to the ars now that they got those folding receiver extensions uh, so you can still have a regular ar and basically fold the stock on it uh, or a pistol with folding the brace on it and uh yeah and you've got the ak's with the over the top right uh, under, under under folder i guess those are under folders yeah in any case they're under but an ak that's a little different because it's just a stock that's folding i wouldn't consider that a folding gun the ar it's a bit of a contraption to be able to fold that receiver extension because that's necessary for the operation of the gun so okay, that, so you, you're you're restricting this to guns that like the barrel and the receiver, either the receiver breaks or the barrel and the receiver separate and, and go down. Yeah, I think I would think when you have a gun that just doesn't have a stock or something that extends into the stock at least so that the stock can fold, that's just a feature of some guns. That doesn't mean the guns folding yeah. up. Oh, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, oh God, never enough. He did his thing on shotguns the other day. And he left out his folding shotgun, right? He had what he has one that where the barrel folds almost all the way down. Yeah, I forget what those are. Those modern ones do a pretty yeah, it's good like a job. single shot. Yeah, the modern ones do an okay job, but not even the old ones really folded as well as they could if they really tried to. So they 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 take a regular shotgun with all the ergonomics that a shotgun would have, and then they fold it. But because of the way the stock kind of curves and stuff they don't fold to the tightest possible package or anything but yeah, yeah they do technically fold do you think a lot of that is from the history of the shotgun where people I used to get break their shotgun in half and stick it in a case yeah yeah i'm sure it's just a way to keep them together when you do that but i don't think it was designed to be small really i think it was people use their shotgun 99 percent of the time open 
So they wanted it to be normal and not some weird wedge shape because it can fold perfectly, you know. Even the M7, I was talking about that one before, the other Armalite that just the barrel folds and it's got some of the ammunition in the wire stock and it's got a double barrel rifle and shotgun. You know, I'm talking about the aircraft survival then. Yep, yep. You know, even that thing, when it folds, it didn't fold in half. It just folded really tight. It didn't fold. Well, the big, big problem with that was the optics. If it didn't, if it didn't fold sideways on a hinge, then you you always had to contend with the optics being in the way. You know, if if you were trying to bend the barrel back up, and obviously if you're bending the barrel back down, you got the whole ass end of the receiver to worry about. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. So unless they make the gun really weird shape, and I don't think anybody really has. There's uh, <clears throat> that Chiapa maybe makes a a new thing it's a couple years old now where it folds into almost half and it's got like a wire stock so there's not much stock to get in the way but even that thing doesn't fold completely because of the trigger guard and stuff yeah and most and most guns that, that fold that get small are usually like you say the little sub guns where it's really the it's really the stock that just folds around you know, like a, you know, maybe like a, maybe like a Mac, you know, something where you just slide it together real easy. So I, I think there's a lot of, I think that's a lot of, uh, they got a long way to go on some of that stuff. You know, they could, they could really do better. For, especially for the uh, prepper population, you know, people, the people that want to, you know, have a nice foldable gun that they can stick in a, in a bag and, you know, not worry about it. Yeah, really, when they complain about not being able to sell guns, then yeah. do that. And in, in the Glock, don't you actually store the magazine where that thing folds up? Don't you stick it back in there in order to store it? Are you and talking you about take uh, it out before you unfold it again? The, the folding Glock one? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've never actually seen it. I've only seen pictures. Yeah, I th I think the way that worked was you you take the you take the mag out, you fold the gun up, and then you can stick the mag back in the end that folded up again, and it sticks out a little further, but it's still all it's they're all right there. An hour and a half. All right, I just saw a bunch of other people out there, so I threw some more links out. And then we'll keep going. So um, about to talk about swag, gun swag, and how to display it. So back before going, I don't know if you have you been to trade shows before? No, never. I'm not a trade show kind of guy, yeah. Okay. So you went to Wanamaker. You've never been to like an NRA show where it's sort of a trade show. Yeah. Nope. All right. So I'm, I'm not against it. I've just, you know, I've just never been there. Right on. So I do that as a vacation. I wouldn't do that, you know, like like you guys do it where, you know, it's a place to go. You're like, well, you got that one on in recon, you know. <laughs> you got that one in Pennsylvania. A lot of times, like here in Arizona, at least the Department of Natural, well, here it's called Game and Wild, Game and Fish. You know, whatever your department of natural resources is, is going to have some sort of like yearly, you know, event, and they'll bring distributors and not distributors, but manufacturers in, 
um, and maybe stores or something who might bring in a bunch of manufacturers. Anyway, sometimes, you know, different events will happen where you see swag. And that's what I was getting at. Have you collected a bunch of swag? Uh, mouse pads, stickers, patches are a big thing now. Hats, though. T-shirts. Um, Keychains, key, key rings. Yeah. Little knives. Little pocket yeah. knives are really popular. Little knives, yeah, that's a good one. Um, those is, there's things that you hang on the wall sometimes, just metal signs or posters and things but yep, bottle openers anyway so uh what i was going to get at is before going to trade shows i used to have to get those things at like gun shops sometimes a gun shop would maybe get something from a distributor or a manufacturer and put it out randomly or maybe if you bought something you got a keychain or something that they had a, you know six or eight of and then uh every once in a while there'd be something like an event where you know big sale or some kind of thing where, you know, an optic company would come out or a new gun company would come out and they'd have swag or whatever. So before all that, you know, swag was pretty few and far between. Uh, since a long time now, I've been going to SHOT though. And, you know, it's been a lot different when you go to a trade show because of a trade show, they're trying to get you to remember your name after four days. So they want you to have something to remember. And if it's cool enough you keep it, and, you know, nowadays they know that if it's cool enough and you keep it, it might get in a video or a picture or something or a blog post or mentioned on a podcast. So uh, anyway, and now they send stuff out like Glock has a phone number you call and you get like a notebook, you get a pen, a pencil, a patch, sticker or more stickers maybe. And uh, maybe even that little keychain. So they, you know, you get a lot of stuff sometimes just by requesting it. So anyway, have you guys accumulated swag? And if so, how do you display it? How do you show it off? Or do you? Range bag. Most of most of that stuff, if it's uh, if it's useful swag like a knife or a tool or something, it usually goes either on or hung on the outside of the range bag. So the guys at the club asked me about it. Right on. So keychains and like sometimes those lens cleaners, those are a big thing. Yeah, multi-tools. It's, uh, you know, it's, a lot of times they'll give you, what are the the little impregnated cloths? Those things are great. I love those. Uh, you'll use it to clean a, the outside of a gun off when you're done using it for the day. So that was when we used to get the really good swag. So I don't know if Midnight's got anything. Anything. He's got I, I'm, I'm kind of I'm, I'm new to the swag department. Um, I do like, uh, I mean, uh, bef you know, the patch thing and, and all that kind of stuff is, is pretty new to me. So I don't really have a way to display them yet. Uh, the next gun show that's coming up here close to me, uh, my wife and I have both said that we want to get some hats or, uh, or maybe a range bag that has, um, you know, the, the, the ability to throw some patches on it and stuff. Um, I've been uh, kind of like uh, Cycle said, like um, the useful stuff. Like I love little flashlights, um, you know, cheap little knives and stuff because I use them at work to open boxes and stuff, which is cool. Um, so it's been more utilitarian stuff is, is what I've always, you know, tried to snag uh, those kind of things. Yeah, most of the time places just go to some 
whatever call them, you know, label maker place, and they'll stick their name on a bunch of different things, and whatever's in the catalog is what they got. So it's a lot of pens and you know bottle openers and staplers as far as useful stuff. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, there's something cool. Um, yeah, the little, um, the tiny little. Tiny little, what? Did I cut out? Like bottle openers or stuff. I mean, I don't think it's not really something that I was always looking into. I'm not a drinker anymore and not drinking and shooting at the same time, you know? <laughs> yeah, but those go great on the trips and stuff, man. I, I love bringing those things in the, in my luggage. You know, it, a lot of that stuff you can put in a gadget bag in your in your check luggage you can bring along with you. But you can always tell who's going to the same swag generic producer because if you've got the little small knife that has exactly two blades and the plastic right. uh, the plastic uh, uh, pick thing, you know, to, to pick splinters out with, um, then you know that they they hit the same. In fact, I just at, at our at our motorcycle rally. We were giving those things out. It's like, oh my god, how could you? How could you do that? But it's like, but when it was computer stuff, I used to display it at work, like mouse pads. I, you know, that's one of the few things that I don't care what a mouse pad looks like as long as it works. So I would, I would put, you know, firearm branded gun pads down, and and I mean uh, the gun pads, I'll be all right. Uh, mouse pads down. But yeah, I, don't, some, I really don't companies... like wearing stuff. I didn't really wear out mouse pads too often. I think I had like three mouse pads ever, and I still have my last one. I, <clears throat> I've been kind of surprised. Like some companies are really free and really cool about handing out stuff and and, and to customers. If you call them or you get in touch with them, you know, they're, some of their marketing and sales departments are really open and really cool about sending you free stuff. Um, I got a bunch of stuff from Vortex once. Um, and they were they were really cool. And then you know, for Savage, they were they were cheap as shit. Um, I actually I got a my Savage rifle, and I called them one day, and I said, you know, I'd really love a couple of stickers. And they were like, oh yeah, they're five bucks a piece. I was like, you guys won't just give me one. <laughs> and they said no. And that was it's just really weird. Some companies are super tight ass about it, and some people some of them yeah, aren't. You not know? be a sticker, man. Jesus. That's what I'm saying. I spent, you know what I mean? It was really yeah. weird. The guy was really weird on the phone. and I could know. see it being where if they don't get a lot of call for him, then it's not just the sticker, but it's the person's time, I guess, and the labor or whatever. To, and then I guess if that's including shipping, I hope it would be. Yeah, you can't dump them, yeah. But um, the, Pfeiffer on the, on the gun channel side says, uh, does anyone give out mouse pads anymore? And you're absolutely right. The optical mouse killed the mouse pad. Oh, well, he also said a little earlier that he puts his stickers on his uh, uh, rifle case or something. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I put my stickers on my target case, ammo cans, and laptops. So um, that's where, yeah, that doesn't make any sense with Savage because, I mean, I could see a gun shop where you pay, you know, a buck or two, even a sticker, depending on, you know, where you're going and how big the sticker is or, you know, if you're paying per color or something like that. So, um you know, I could see it being, in fact, I've lived with, Bob didn't like buying stickers and giving them out, and it drove me nuts. 
because I'd see the other stores where they just handed them out like they didn't cost nothing because they bought so many that they didn't cost nothing. And they just caught it, you know, they right. didn't do a billboard one month. And instead they bought stickers and handed them out like water. And what did you see all over everybody's bumper? These stickers. So what happens when you yeah. go to the bench? There's like eight cars with stickers on them. So uh, right. you know, it, it makes total sense. Now it's a bumper sticker and these are, you know, there's all kinds of reasons why people don't necessarily do that. But like he's saying, you put it on your ammo cans, which you take to the range. You put them on your rifle cases sometimes. Um, some yeah, I've got cars or their bikes or something like that or their helmets. Yeah, well, yeah got, we, uh, we used to do the same thing with the guitars. I mean, we always had Fender stickers and PV stickers and all over our, our guitar cases and our amplifier boxes and our, our uh, uh, what do you call it, our, you know, our roadie gear always had all kinds of stickers on it because it was just part of the deal. I mean, you know, you got the stickers, you put them on there. Yeah. 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 It was, I mean, I have a bunch of, I have some stickers on the back of my back window of my truck, you know, I have a vortex sticker and stuff like that. And that's what I was going to do with it. And I even told the guy, I was like, man, I want to throw it in the back of my truck. I really love this rifle. It's awesome. And he was super weird about it. I don't know. Maybe they get a million calls a day. I don't know. Well, I didn't so tell him I, I didn't tell him I, I knew cycle camp. That was the problem. Yeah. The, 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 the back of my windows and, and doors and stuff of my vehicles are two way only. That's yep. all I, the only stickers I put on my vehicles are two way related stickers. Yeah, me put, too. That's I all I have put advertisements on for anybody's products. They're all just, you know, the local organizations and all that stuff. Everything else is fair game. You know, like you said, uh, hard sided. And that's another problem is, you know, people have gotten away from hard sided uh, cases and stuff. You know, a lot of people use soft sided stuff now, and it's really tough to get a sticker to stay on one of those things. Well, so sometimes you know, my range box. Sorry, go ahead. Ozzy on the gun channel side is saying that uh, he takes the stickers, puts them on a magnet sheet, and uh, I've always I've recommended that too because you can stick them on your on your safe or whatever, and they're not there forever. You can move them, you get more, you can arrange them, you, know, you can take them off and put them someplace else, uh, or if you got like metal cabinets or those lockers and stuff, anything metal, obviously. Um, I was going to say too, you can get those sheets sometimes if you live in a big enough town. Find the place that sells vinyl for vinyl cutters and sign makers and stuff and ask them what their wholesale rates are. Just go in, buy them from the front counter of a warehouse usually, and uh, you're going to pay much less than going to like Walmart. Pay like a ton at Walmart for sheets of magnet. But you can get the kind that would like go on the side of a work van, you know, for like a big sign. You can get that for like a buck or two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that like flexible, the flexible stuff that's thin. It's just a refrigerator magnet, yeah. a big giant sheet of it. Yeah. And then no matter what the sticker looks like, you can cut it out of there and you got plenty left over. So, you know, like say a couple of bucks, you can get those sheets usually. Well, I heard, I heard PNW puts his stickers on a dog. <laughs> when he takes the dog out at night. I have found those stickers at office supply stores, you know, being a teacher and all, I'm in there, uh, in there all the time. And they're definitely cheaper than Walmart, but not probably as cheap as uh, G's talking about here. But I definitely do that on my oh, safe. School. Yeah. School supply stores or teacher supply stores. If you got one of them, those are usually pretty cheap for stuff like that too. 
Yeah, because I use those stickers and I use those magnets on my whiteboard all the time, like, you know, to divide kids up. So I have them all over the place. But definitely I love putting the stickers or swag or something. I don't want necessarily want it to be there forever. So I like putting it on a magnet and then putting it on something else. So definitely a great idea. So that's something else when you're walking around a trade show, pay attention to what's going around because a lot of times some people will make magnets of uh, calendars. And if they're not popular and they're just sitting there, you can, hey, can I grab a stack of these calendars? <laughs> you know, and they're like five inches by five inches or something. Well, that's a five inch by five inch magnet you'd pay a buck at Walmart for. So that's swag. So we have any other ways? Obviously, there's patches. Uh, nobody gives out buttons anymore. Every once in a while, you see like the hat things, you know, whatever you call like a button that has like a tight thumbtack in the back of it. That little yeah, thing. like a pin. Pins, yeah. So sometimes yeah. you see hat pins, and those are pretty cool. I take hat pins and I throw that up one part away, and then just jam them into my safe, you know, into the soft part of your safe. Um, but not too many people give those out. I think it's uh, the factor that they're so little, people don't appreciate them. They're not using them for nothing, and then. For some reason, they're always giving away like candy, so they, you know, they buy a million dollars worth and they give them away in like five minutes because everybody thinks they're candy or something. They grab handfuls of them, wear like a sticker or something. You know, you're giving them a piece of film, costing almost nothing, and you know they're walking away with a thing. I think a lot of that gun, the gun swag stuff. To be honest with you, I generally give it away to my friends. Hey, friend. <laughs> All right. Well, what about hats and shirts? I guess that's just a preference if you like wearing them around or not. And then, uh, I don't know. That's not too hard to get usually. Same kind of thing. Some places probably charge every time you ask for one, but other places, if you call them up and said, hey, I want to wear your shirt around, probably send you one. Right, yeah, well, I've never, you know, I've never been to a place that has shirts and big guys like me are at a disadvantage anyway, because 90% of the time they don't have like a 3X running around anyway. Yeah, it's usually easier to do hats. Isn't that? Well, hats are only about to ship. Hats cost seven bucks usually to ship unless you don't mind putting it in a bag and get it all messed up. That's where I've never had any luck with hats. Plus, you know, you got to know somebody that's got an embroidery machine to be able to make them. Um, yeah, hats are cool at, at a live event. You know, when they're when they just got a stack of hats, you know, sitting there, and they throw you a hat. That's fine. But like you said, if you're you're going to try to mail them out there, that that's. All right, so um, custom-made hoodie that said Glock. I don't know. They usually get mad about stuff when it says Glock on it, but I guess they can't go after everything, or maybe they just have um, sometimes when they're more worried about it than others or something. I don't know. I've seen a lot of Glock stuff laying around lately, but I know for a while there they were going after people that used it in their names and you know, had websites with us. Use Glock in the website. 
through some of the chats out there. All right, so uh, that was swag. We already talked about folding guns. We talked about the gun shop today. Um, well, about halfway through the show. I got a book as soon as this is over because I've been here for too long. We got a time limit on this one. So uh, anything else we want to talk about tonight? <clears throat> I am, as long as things go as planned, I'm going to be hitting up a, uh, um, a surplus store tomorrow. Right on. A good one? That's, um, it's been there since I was a little kid. It's in the town that I grew up in. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's okay. It's not, there was one when I was really young that my grandpa used to take me to that was like, it was like one of the ones that you put on Instagram the other day. It was like an old school army Navy store and they just had stuff like awesome stuff. Um, this one is, um, has always been a lot more equipment and stuff like that, but, um, it's still, I haven't been there in years, so it's, I'm excited. You know, I'm going to, take the little guy up and just have like a fun day and walk around and check cool stuff out. So um, as long as they're okay with it, I'll take a bunch of pictures and do some video and stuff like that. Maybe. Right on. That's the whole point of the tours. I can't see every shop or anything. It's to encourage people to do the same. A lot of people are already doing that. And uh, yeah, any little bit of help you can give these shops, especially something like that, where a good portion of their existence is the fact that they're a unique store. And, you know, that's why we want to see it around. So that's cool in a couple of factors that you're willing to take the camera with. But you're taking the kid. And I think that's awesome because, I mean, I don't know. We can talk about that for a bit. You can, remember yeah, make a model you, to, you can remember the first time you went to a surplus store as a little kid. Uh, yeah. My parents were divorced. Well, so that's, I remember yeah. going to surplus stores and at first being dragged around. But. As soon as I knew what they were and that I was going to be able to just root around and find and explore and discover new shit all mm -hmm. the time, I used to cherish it. I mean, I like it to this day. So I think it's cool that you're taking a kid to a shop. Hopefully you're going to let him run around and get in trouble. Yeah, yeah. He's only he's almost four where, uh, you know, everything it's it, everything's going to be exciting for him. But um yeah, I mean, I remember going when I was a little kid, and I just remember picking up, like, dummy grenades and stuff, and it being like, oh, my God, this is awesome. You know, and, um, hell, I still have a bayonet from when I was a kid. I still have my machete from when I was a little kid when I used to go camping. Um, I just bought my first AR-15, uh, you know, this year, and I have a machete – or not a machete, a bayonet that fits on it that I've had for 20 years or something. I think that's just super cool, you know. So, yeah, I want to take him and maybe get him like a little pup tent or something, you know, something we can, we can, you know, use in a house for camping and have fun with. So, yeah, to try and like, you know, um, you know, kids are into what they're into, you know, you can't really push your kids into something they don't want to do. But um, I think it, it is one of those things, the more we you know, you talk about it, and I, you know, I think back to how awesome it was when I was a kid, like, I want to make sure he experiences that too, you know. Yeah, I highly recommend that. Um, I, I definitely we have a generation of kids that spends way too much time on screens, and if we could, if you could get any of them out there and show them that there's, you know, ways, cheap ways to you can get camping gear. Because I'm, I'm probably with mm -hmm. G. When I was a kid, I mean, I was probably be twelve, and I had all kind of camping gear that was just mine. Although when you're a kid mm -hmm. in the '80s, it's weird that you, you know you go buy a machete and nobody was worried about it. I'm pretty sure now they right. might. 
they might be a bigger problem, but I mean, I had all kinds of stuff that, you know, me and my buddies would go out and we would all tell our neighbor or tell our parents we were going somewhere else, but we would go camp in the middle and, you know, not that far. And thinking back on it was probably not the safest thing ever, but we never had a problem. But that's where I got well, almost all my gear. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it was awesome, man. I mean, I had, you know, I had mess, a mess kit. I had everything. I mean, I had a mess kit. I had my, and my grandpa was a, a, a World War II vet. Um, he was a Marine. So, um, you know, for him, it was just, uh, it was cool because, you know, he'd be like, oh, yeah, I used this and I had that and I did this. Um, so for me, it was like I was so close to him. Um, it was a really amazing way for us to kind of bond a little bit. Um, you know, I had a, I had a, and this is before Molly and everything, you know I mean? This is before Molly was <laughs> even a thing. So, you know, it was all World War II and Vietnam stuff. And uh, I just remember, like G says, just digging through boxes of stuff, you know, digging through boxes of like canvas, um, you know, pouches to to find a pouch that would fit on my belt that I could put like, you know, my mess kit in, or I could put like my little survival kit that I made like when I was 10, which was just, you know, some, um, uh, matches that like matches that you, you could light anywhere, you know, you could light yep. off anything. I mean, holy crap. That was like the most awesome thing I've ever seen. I was like, wow, you could just strike these on anything and they light. Um, that kind of stuff was like, you know, it's, it's part of my youth, you know, and, uh, it's it's such a fond it's just this fond memory you know that um i want to try and pass that on but so yeah i, I mean i used to get all my you. stuff i get all yeah go ahead well i got a question for you about the kid and then i'm going to get to cycle because i'm just going to ask everybody when their first survive our surplus store experiences are but when you take the kid to the store does he get like he can spend five bucks or ten bucks or twenty bucks or something <clears throat> Well, I've never taken him. This is his first, this is the first trip, but yeah, usually what we, what we started doing recently is yeah. When we go to the store, we'll give him like a little budget. Yeah. Cause you know, he has his piggy bank and all that stuff. So yeah, what I think I'm going to do is uh, I'm actually looking for a pocket knife for myself. So I might end up buying like a cool pocket knife, but um, yeah, I'll probably give him like 10 bucks and let's see if we can get him like a little, a little, he would love a tent because we, we pretend to camp in the house in the living room already sometimes. So I'm thinking about trying to get him like a little pup tent or something. Cause he would just dig that. Uh, if you're talking like any tent, okay. But if you're talking a military tent, they're the ones I'm familiar with. They're designed to like be staked into the ground. They can't stand on their own. So uh, just a military pup tent where you pieces because it needs to be staked into the ground. Although, I mean, we usually just string like a, I string like a rope between the two couches and just lay a blanket over top of it. So it would be okay for us. <laughs> we wouldn't have to do that. We could just do something. We can make it work. But yeah, it's just old and dusty. And you know, cool. even if you don't have like a grandpa or somebody that knows about all these things, we got the internet now. So you can mm -hmm. usually like at a good surplus store, they'll have like a bunch of ammo cans about the tops on them just full of weird shit, buckles or clasps yep. or weird things. And they're always like a buck or five for a buck. And you give a little kid a budget, <clears throat> you know, and they're like, okay, now what are you going to do with the other couple of bucks? And then buy just some little weird, interesting things. And then nowadays I would imagine you can have just as much fun as listening to the stories going online and figuring out yeah. what the you buy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, you know, he likes to, you know, he, he likes to cook. We do some cooking at home. So like a little mess kit or something would be awesome for him too. He would, he would dig that or a canteen or something. Holy crap. He would love that. First time we went to the store was uh, when we had a gear up for Cub Scouts because we were, we were uh, wrong side of the tracks, blue collar kids, and we couldn't afford to buy the real stuff from the Cub Scouts. So my old man dragged us off to the uh, to the Army Navy store, and that's where we got our little flashlights and mess kits and all that stuff. And it was great. Yeah, back, a lot then, of back then. But it yeah, was, if you're gonna bring if you're gonna bring your kid to that store, uh, you know. Make sure he models a lot of crap and take a lot of pictures at him of him, because stuff that people yeah. would never put up with an older guy doing, <laughs> your little kid does it. It's cute, <laughs> like you said, holding a machete or you know a, a, yeah. a, a fake M1 carbine or something. You know, you do that, people say, "Oh my god, that nut!" But you give it to a kid, it's all yeah. be cute. Yeah, and you know, if he does it really well, he might get a day off from school. Yeah. <laughs> Get him a little boonie hat. That's a, actually that that would be a good idea. I get him a little little camo boonie hat. Get him a Daniel Boone hat and one of those fake uh, little kid, uh, you know, uh, Kentucky rifles. Yeah, that's always a good. That's always a good picture. Yeah. Well, he's in Pennsylvania, so he should get a Pennsylvania rifle. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so that's a little bit of chatting about that. Uh, see if any other topics are coming up. And no. <clears throat> Clay just posted a link to uh, the U.S. military folding shovel. You know, those things are all right if you know how to use them. You just you know, they got hinges, so hold them by the hinge. I'll tell you, those things were a bomb when we were kids. And if you got the one with the little pick attachment, you know, the little pick folder thingy on it. Oh, my yeah, God. You were like you were like the ruler of the roost. Yeah, I didn't have one with the pick. I just had I had a regular folding, you know, wooden handled one. Yep. Not like the T, not the T handle or the triangle handle. I had the old straight wooden handle. Yeah, those are the yeah. best one. Yeah, strong. yeah. I still have it, but the the handle's all jacked up. I need to need to redo the handle, maybe. But that, and I have my, I have an old Ontario machete. Holy crap, that thing is solid. That's a serious piece of equipment. All right. Super thick, you know. Since we got it a couple of minutes before the end of the show and you guys chatted about it yesterday and missed it, um, what did you guys talk about with Boy Scouts yesterday? We never got to it. Um, I'm actually – I was hoping to maybe, uh, if you're available next week, to, to go into it. We just – we took forever with the, the bracket, and it was just kind of a goofy, fun show. Um, but, yeah, that's actually something I said uh, during the show was I was hoping maybe you'd be available next week. Does your kid got uh, Cub Scouts around there? Not yet. We don't have, um, he's, a, we, we haven't gotten him into anything like that yet. Like I said, he's, he's not quite four yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 
I don't know how how old you have to be to be in Cub Scouts. I thought it was like six ish, no five or six. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm not sure. That. I don't remember. Yeah, it was um, older than that when I was a kid. Was it? I, I thought yeah, it was like, like in third or fourth grade, which would put you right around eight. Oh, really? I thought it was like kindergarten age. You could start getting into like the little little guys. Yeah. The ones I've seen that uh, that a couple schools ago, I think they were third grade. But I don't know if that's the youngest ones. Yeah, that would be like eight or nine. Yeah, that's eight. Yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I was, I was a scout when I was a kid and I loved it. I mean, it was a big part of, um, big part of my childhood. And I, it was, you know, hearing about a lot of the new, just what's going on. It's just really upsetting. It sucks. Uh, you know, I know everybody wants to be super politically correct and say, ah, everything's for everybody. But, I mean, Yankee made a really good point on uh, the chat. You and Matt were on the other last week where he said, you know, there's there's certain things that, you know, you, you, you don't want to, you know, you want boys to be able to experience things with other boys only, you know, and girls to do the same thing. You know, there's just certain things in life that, um, you know, intermingling of the sexes is, is not going to be as healthy, you know, you, you don't, there's going to be, um, apprehension and there's going to be embarrassment and there's going to be, you know, I don't know. I think that's one of the biggest things. He made a good point with that one for sure. I don't know. I was a girl scout for like four years. So, you know, it didn't bother me at all. <laughs> you just ate too many cookies. So they kicked you out. Oh, they yeah. used to kick the shit out of me. No, the little girls are goddamn vicious. <laughs> my mom was a, was a was a scout leader, and you know back then you didn't have money for daycare for a leftover kid. So there was two girls and me. So yeah, I got to go. I learned all the songs. My like, crap! Oh my god! Yeah, but I agree with you. You know, the, you know, guy, you know, little boys shouldn't have to worry about being offensive to little girls while they're at Cub Scouts or or Boy Scouts or whatever. Yeah, and as you but, get a little bit older, I want to get older. Yeah, as you get a little bit older, you know, then, you know, you've got you know, kids getting close to or being into puberty and stuff like that. And it's just you want boys to learn to be boys and girls to learn to be girls and um, and not to have to um, worry about one or the other, um, you know, uh, making the other ones feel uncomfortable in a certain way. I mean, that's I don't know. I just think it's something that. You keep it split. I think it's, you know. Isn't the point of the whole thing? Go ahead. ahead. Isn't the whole point of the thing to teach young young boys to become men? I don't know know if you can do that with with the girls around. I'm a huge proponent of girls being badass. Like, I'm a teacher. I mean, I'm for, like, I want them to be powerful. But they can learn all those skills. But let the girls fix the Girl Scouts. Right, and there's plenty of opportunities for boys and girls to do things together in civic organizations, in school, right, in sports, and in uh, um, church stuff. So, you know, there's 4-H and there's YMCA and stuff. That's and the Boys cool. and Girls Club, I've got a, probably seven or eight students that go to the Boys and Girls Club after school. I think that's a great for a place for them to interact. Yeah. 
Right. And it's not like we're trying to separate and yeah. put an employee school or something. But when you're talking about the, the lessons of life and, and just uh, being able to, like you say, uh, grow as a man, uh, you do that when you're segregated uh, from the other sex. And that's the part where people are blowing that off because they say, oh, well, there's skill sets. You know, this. Mm -hmm. They use that those certain skill sets sometimes when it's appropriate for life lessons. So you know the, to blow it all off and ignore the other parts of it because there's some skill sets that are in demand by the other gender. Well, then, like like you just said, if it's girls, it's a horrible lesson to the girls to be told that when your organization fails you, you give up on it and destroy Quit. another one without even paying attention. I mean, they're trying to teach them things about environmentalism that, you know, are basically the opposite of that. Like everything you do has a has a consequence. And you can't just walk in and and take without realizing the consequences and, and also taking responsibility for the for the results. So if they're you know truly looking for just the skill sets that can be accomplished by fixing Girl Scouts, and that's going to empower the girls to take over their own organization. And if they like the way the Scouts, the Boy Scouts are run, then model it after it. I mean, they were originally modeled after it anyway. It was somewhere in the middle there that I guess they changed their direction or lost their direction. And you don't teach them a valuable lesson by telling them to give up. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's. It is a it's a flaw of their I don't know if you want to call it management or something like that to to promote it. I think it's it's a shame. I, I think it, it is. I think you fix the organization if you have issues with it. You do your best to to fix it, and there's no reason that they can't. Um, you know, it's, I I just don't want to see two organizations crumble because they're trying to you know, make everything politically correct or politicize it more than anything. And, and neither of them will, will hold up to it. I don't know. Well, you're right. The whole, the whole point of it is if you didn't have to dilute the program, nobody would care. Right. If, if, if girls want to be in boy Scouts and they want to do the stuff the boys are doing the way the boys are doing them, then more power to them. Who cares? But you never, you have never heard anybody scream, hey, by the way, the Boy Scouts have had a change. How come the Girl Scouts aren't accepting boys? Right. Right? It's that whole freaking double standard <clears throat> thing. But again, the, the, the real issue is if, if as long as you don't have to change the, you know, what does it take to win a certain badge and all that kind of stuff, I could care less. But what ends up happening is they say, well, you know, I, my girl's not as strong as them or my girl's not as woodsy as them. So we have to dumb down the, the requirement to get a certain badge. And that's what pisses me off because then, then you're, you know, you're right back where you started. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what that's that's what will happen is you'll let people in. And then, like you said, you'll water down the requirements i guess is is kind of a good way to put it um and then next thing you know it's like it really just becomes like 
camping weekend and you're just all hanging around eating eating marshmallows and stuff. And that's not what it was when we were a kid. We learned how to, you know, we learned how to make fire. We learned how to set up tents. We learned how to like try and, um, you know, uh, you know, read maps. We did, you know, we did all that kind of cool Those stuff. Skills. Those right. are skills. The life lessons you learned is how to run a troop, how to right. how the yeah. younger kids are going to be led by the older kids as you become older, how you lead little kids and how there's consequences to things. And you also are learning from your scout masters. You're also learning from your, the women that were there, but in a different way because they're uh, in roles of like management more than, uh, you know, the actual whatever going out mm -hmm. and doing stuff. But when you're with other people's dads, you're experiencing things. And when you're experiencing stuff with a bunch of dudes and it's not stupid ass sports, that's a whole different thing. And to suggest that it's the camping or that it's the orienteering or it's the pioneering, those are the, those are the insignificant achievements that you have to do to gain rank so that you can learn what it's like to, to have to self-motivate and to deal with uh, procrastination and deal with mm -hmm. uh, failure and deal with uh, setting goals and not achieving them and knowing what it's like to have to wear a uniform at school. Uh, there's so much to it that isn't going camping or cooking out of a whatever or tying a knot. Those are the yeah. skill sets that happen to be involved. Mm -hmm. But if the Girl Scouts want to suggest that that's all Scouts is, then there was a massive failure there. Uh, when everyone just said, said, okay, yeah, it's just a bunch of, you know, curriculum and here you can join in and participate because none of that stuff can happen when there's girls around. You know, That's like, a good point. It has nothing to do with their ability to do the skills because it's, it has to do with the atmosphere that's created when now there's a bunch of women around and everything's going to be completely different as, you know, from every meeting to every uh, catalog they look at, there's no longer, you know, you, you, it's not going to ever be appropriate for a kid to ask what it's like to shave, you know, just the stuff that a boy has to ask a dude. And if he doesn't have a dad, mm -hmm. to ask, how's he going to ask a teenage girl who's now in charge of him? I think yeah, that's, that's a good point. So Go ahead. No, I said, that's a, that's a great point. You know, teaching, teaching the importance of structure, I guess is, is a, is sort of an overall thing rather than how to build a fire. And in social skills is generally not a curriculum. Um, we learn social skills by observation. Like nobody's ever taught you how to sit at a dinner table, but you all know how to do it. You learn right. that, you learn that over time and you didn't learn that formally. So there's a ton of stuff that you learn in scouts that isn't formally taught, but it's super, super important, especially some, some of those young boys I know that don't have an effective male role model in their lives and you can see it, and then they go to scouts, and they're a totally different kid because they finally have a model. They're like, I want to be like that guy. I want to be like kid or, you know. Maybe they do. Maybe they have really strong role models in their lives, and now they experience what it's like for other kids that don't, and they can mm -hmm. put themselves in other people's shoes. You learn empathy. You start That's to appreciate Like a good turn, turn daily. That shit has merit that, you know, is uh, blown over because it's not glamorous or easy to to conceptualize like you know reading a map or going camping
Yeah. Trying to remember, you know, I'm just trying to think back to what it was like, you know, seems like a long time ago. <laughs> Going door to door selling shit. That's a whole nother skill set that nobody wants, but is valuable. Getting discouraged and having to continue doing it or not having the ability to give up and then watching people that do and don't. And there's so much more to that organization. And it's frustrating now to see people go who, you know, had nothing to do with it go, yeah, big deal. Or people mm-hmm. who aren't happy with their particular experience say, yeah, no big deal. Uh, it's an opportunity for the kids right now to take their organization back. You know, it has to be done once in a while. And it'd be a great opportunity for these kids. All right. Well, I feel like we solved that. So uh, earlier, uh, Dead Horse put in here what the grades were. Tiger Cubs is first grade. Wolf Cubs or Wolf Scouts are second. Bear is third. Weeblows is fourth and fifth. Hmm. What grade's your kid? He's not. He's not. He's in preschool. He's he's not in pre- he's not in kindergarten yet. All right, so I guess it's first grade that he has to wait for. Yeah, yeah Bobcat went first. I forgot that one. <clears throat> yeah, I forgot about that, too. It I was just a long time ago for me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Whatever the last thing of Cub Scouts, I never really did the whole Cub Scout thing. I never got out of the Cub Scouts. Well, like you say, then was... there's the experience you have. I mean, you know, I knew a lot of people whose sisters were in Girl Scouts, so. You know, they experienced all of Girl Scouting, you know, sometimes way more than they wanted. I don't really know much about the organization. I don't really know what their program is like or what they really focus on. I don't know much about it. Girl Scouts? Yeah. Yeah, me neither. They have nothing to do with each other except for whenever they made Boy Scouts, like a year later, they made Girl Scouts. Cookie sales. Yeah, they do rock the cookies, that's for sure. But you know, there is something to be said because, you know, obviously I spent I honestly actually spent a lot more time in the Girl Scouts than I did in the Boy Scouts. And it was a lot of the domestic arts for for the girls, you know, sewing and all that kind of crap. And so I can I can understand it. It was a, a little bit on the uh, you know, cultural role. Uh, reinforcement whole thing <clears throat> yeah i can see that i mean i totally understand like um you know if it's if it's basic more basically more Susie homemaker stuff um you know where some parents and some kids are like no oh, this is this isn't what you know we need to be focusing on for our kid we want our kid to be you know mm-hmm. like like you said have a role model that's that's um more positive and not aggressive but like um, you know, uh, you know, forward. And if that's that, if it's 2018, you know what I mean? If, you know, there, I don't think there's a whole lot of people out there that want their daughters to primarily learn how to sew in Girl Scouts, you know, I'm sure there's, there's, there's more stuff that they want them to learn. They want them to learn to be leaders. And if they're not teaching their kids how to be leaders and they want to leave that organization, then yeah, the, or, like you said, the organization is failing. Um, and you know they you know they want they want to teach the girls how to be 
successful in, in the world that we live in. And they're not doing that. Boy Scouts had personal finance. It had cooking. It had sewing. You know, there was tons of home ec type of things. You know, part of being a fully functional citizen is being able to be self-sufficient, right? So that yeah. means no stuff. I don't think there was a clothes washing one, but I'm sure it was in personal hygiene, which was AmeriFed. So, uh, or maybe it wasn't AmeriFed. It was some sort of a skill set you have to do when you're a kid, though, when you're first starting. So uh, it, it would be interesting to compare the merit badges between the two organizations. Yeah, I know we have a lot more in Scouts and Boy Scouts because uh, it's dynamic and it you know, kept up with whatever was going on. So as robots were a thing, robotics was added. As something else is gone, like telephones were gone, you know, telephony or whatever was gone. So, you know, they, they change things, they adapt them and they retire them. Yeah, I, I, you know, I wonder if the Girl Scouts have an astronomy badge. We must. You know, I know they didn't have a guns one. They didn't have a shooting one. So, change organization. The only thing stopping them is themselves. Does the Boy Scouts still have a shooting program? Yeah, it's just up to the district or whatever the camp. Probably, most of the mm. shooting stuff is done at scout at summer camps. At least when I was yeah. a kid, but uh, yeah, you can still have a merit badge instructor, and anybody who's an NRA instructor can be a, a scout merit badge instructor. I think Artisan Tony was one. Oh. Uh, so they'll have merit badge clinics and stuff. Maybe just have one at a range. But I think they it used to just be rifle and shotgun shooting when I was a kid, and I think now it's both rifle and shotgun. Archery is still its own too. Mm -hmm. I know I did a I did a 4H I did a 4H thing when I was a kid with air rifles or with air guns. I didn't know if maybe I don't know if they did air guns or not if they actually used real firearms still or not. In scouts, when you're a little kid, you do BB guns. Like Cub Scouts do BB guns, and then when you're in scouts, you do regular rifles. Okay, cool. But 4H was way more into guns than scouts ever did. Scouts just has one badge, and the most you could do is go to like I would go to summer camp and. You know go to the range all the time but uh you could only ever get the one badge you could get nra certifications i guess which was another thing to pursue so the nra sell or doesn't sell they you, they have a series of marksmanship badges and you get bars you start off with prone and then you go to sitting and kneeling and standing and the better you do at each of those positions you get bars on this or at least you used to get bars on an nra award uh, so that was outside the scouts. They just did it as a thing to, you know, get something to do while you were there. All right. Well, with that, I got to get out of here. Plus, it's getting cold. So thanks, everybody, for jumping in. I'll try to have these on a more consistent basis. If anybody does want to help, uh, let me know. Uh, dailygunshow at gmail.com.